Hello and welcome to Spotlight on Business, brought to you by Nat West with me, Mary Portas. In this new podcast series, we'll be concentrating on the topics that matter most to UK businesses and discussing both the challenges and opportunities they face in today's business world. Each week, I'll be joined by an experienced professional from some of the UK's leading companies. We'll be focusing on marketing, finance, HR and more, shining a light on the areas that businesses need to know about and to act on to succeed. This week, the spotlight is on marketing and with me is Nishma Rob, Marketing Director at Google. Nishma heads up perhaps the most powerful company in today's marketing ecosystem and is responsible for helping Google's advertisers and agencies make the most of the web in the UK. Nishma, hello. It's wonderful to have you here on Spotlight on Business. Hello, Mary. How are you? Are you good? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Business is booming. Yeah, (laughs) Google. So tell us a bit about how you got where you are and why marketing is so important to you. Uh, Well, I think I've always, even when I was a little girl, I always loved storytelling. And I think I might have perhaps, you know, I certainly grew up in my first half of my career was in a non-digital world and I uh, sought out careers in kind of journalism and mag- I loved magazines but actually I found that that idea of storytelling and creativity mm. and communication I loved and thereby moved into media into agencies working across lots of different brands and helping them tell their stories and grow and sell and then moved into digital um, I many years ago worked at teletext which is really going back in time Blimey. yeah you don't look that old <laughs> but <laughs> and, uh, yes things took, have changed a bit since then but you, i mean you've been with google since 2014 yes yeah, so four years at google and even but in, even those in four that years, time i was oh, going to say i think hugely i genuinely think and you'll know much more than me but i genuinely think the last three years have seen the most significant mm. change would it, you agree with that it's significant change and it's p- change at pace yeah you know so technology without a doubt has changed our lives and it's changed marketing it's changed business mm. in every aspect the, probably the biggest change that's industrial revolution yes and yeah. i think that's why it can be feared at times it can be misunderstood and that's why kind of the education that goes alongside it is so key because it's moving at such a pace but as you say the changes are interesting actually because i think consumers are actually moving even faster than businesses so it's about keeping pace oh, but um, we've seen that haven't we we've seen businesses that are just going down yeah we, that haven't kept a pace i mean really a lot of stuff that they probably should have been doing five years ago so how would you today you know what areas on businesses should be small businesses or medium-sized businesses focusing their marketing efforts on I, you know, understanding that we are going at such a fast pace yes well i think first of all it is really coming back to saying what are consumers doing So we are, as a consumer, and I can totally relate to this, we're more curious. So we ask more questions. We want to know more. We have an obsession about researching everything. You know, we've seen actually through search patterns, people don't necessarily look for, you know, shoes or they don't look for bicycles. They want the best. So they're using more words, that sense of people are seeking out and researching and curating what they want. A lot of our behaviour is on a mobile phone. You know, mm. it's the most powerful thing in our pocket. And I think as you, soon as you arm a consumer with that, it means that they have so much control to find out everything about you, your product, what they can find near them. So to every business, I always say, start with thinking about how are you found in terms of not just your locality or your website, but actually what can they find out about you? 
if you have a great story that makes you distinctive about your business or brand, make sure you tell it. Don't rely on people having to kind of dig too hard. Actually think about how do you want consumers to find you and how do you appear? Video is key part of it. You know, video, four years ago, three years ago, actually, I think video was still seen as something that was bigger businesses or something that had to be really produced. But the reality is now the phone, your camera on your phone has as much of an ability to be able to create a great video that you can push out to people, whether that's on your site or or through things like YouTube. And it's also that you talked about that storytelling because people want that, don't they? Mm-hmm. They are interested in the backstory behind a brand and why they should believe in it, I guess. Yeah. And you're right, it's creating those videos that just have interest at the heart of it mm. instead of just putting up content yeah. for content's sake. And then also advertising against other people's content. I think that's the other thing. It's not necessarily just making your own, you know. I think having a video or having somewhere, a destination people can find out more is important, whether it's a website, a, a mobile site or a video. But actually thinking about what are people watching and consuming. So in times where, you know, people would think that you can only have to be on TV, actually now the video resources available to people and the things that we watch are vast and, and kind of broad in terms of all the things you can do. So people and cost-effective. Yeah. You know, if you are a small business, this is really cost-effective. Really the stuff cost you effective. can do that you would not be able to do 20 no. years ago, 10 years ago. And it's that targeting. So it's about being able to target the kind of customers that you want. Yes. So that's what digital provides to, to any business. And also being able to track it. So having an understanding of what works and what doesn't work and what do people like and engage with. Because I think it's about actually measuring people's behaviour and attention. So where are they spending time and, and being attentive? And then being able to measure what they do. Because actually... What we don't do now is we don't necessarily kind of research and find something and then wait for a shop to be open and do it. We want it now. Yeah. We see the number of the increase in searches now for things like same day delivery or actually opening hours and being able to think, well, can I go to a website? Do I need to go to a shop? When can I go there? And social media is the big one, isn't it? I mean, but how powerful is it really? And what are your top tips for success on social? So I think social media is definitely a great way to build awareness and, if done correctly, can really drive that action. I mean, some brands have started on there and yeah. actually made the, made their name on that. Absolutely. And actually made very successful businesses. Yeah. I think you could look at, um, actually, even where I would say some beauty brands, if we look at how beauty has really evolved as a category, where there were many big businesses there, but now you see the arise of, of lots of smaller brands and whether they've used influencers, as they're called, or YouTubers, or actually just found a way to communicate their product and the fact is people are searching for this so if they're searching it's about meeting that need and being there when they're looking and interesting i was looking at some beauty brands and they're doing what i would call co-creation where they're actually asking for feedback mm. on products from the people using it who aren't necessarily ambassadors then building up this data and knowledge on it and then creating products that feeds it it's wonderful isn't it? it's a real yeah. kind of symbiotic relationship between a brand and the consumer it's like a real time research opportunity you know being able to see how people respond or comment and use is key so I think absolutely I think it's about having a broad strategy that that really suits the way that people behave and I always say the most simplest ways think about how you purchase whenever I meet business Mm. leaders I always say have you tried to buy from yourself take your phone out let's have a go let's try and find your product let's go to your site let's go through the experience of actually clicking all the way and buying something if you're an online business or if you are a shop or a market trader, whatever you may be, actually, how easy is it for me to find you and find anything about you? Why am I going to come to you? 
we've asked five of your pals to do it as well. Yes. I mean, you're, you're there. They're there. Aren't yeah. They? In the park with the, all of them. Yeah. See how fast they can do it. And they'll and, tell the truth. Yeah. And that speed issue yes. is key. Because actually now we are so impatient um, and we've done studies to look at how people use mobile sites and how quick we move. You know, we have a very, very low tolerance level. And actually, to your point earlier, businesses that aren't evolving fast enough, there is a challenge. And it can feel like a lot of pressure, but I think bring it back to the simple basics, seek out the tools that are there, put speed at the heart of your plans. And understand where the people are and what they're doing. Yeah. So can you tell us just some of the most successful social media campaigns that you've been involved with, um, that you've loved and you thought, that was great? Yeah, well, I think you've got everything from some of the really famous ones, like uh, it's a US one, but they are here now, the Dollar Shave Club, which was using a really clever film to be able to promote what a simple concept of the idea that people buy razors on a regular basis. Actually, why don't we have a ski? that you know for a dollar you're buying your 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 shaving kit and it looks so cool though, and it well, looks so it cool. visually yeah. cool you see oh yeah i wouldn't mind someone finding that dollar <laughs> shaving kit in my bathroom um i think it's about there's a, a campaign recently we see it was all from robinson's brewery which i had never heard of personally and yet it had been around for for many 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 years I had a fantastic heritage story and they decided to tell this story again creatively beautifully done and they'd actually used, again, this is not a big budget production or marketing that they put there, but by telling a really authentic story and targeting local distributors in a way that people who were in the area would be able to kind of go in and recognise they may have seen something online, but then they would go into an establishment, a restaurant or a pub, and then see the product and connect the two and purchase. So I think it's that really genuine storytelling. Make it watchable. We know we, we watch a lot of video, but make it watchable. Um, and then I think there's campaigns that really have that, you know, put humour at the heart of it. And I think it's around actually short. We, we even have a, a format on YouTube called Six Second Bumpers. And I remember the first time I looked at this thinking, gosh, what could you do in six seconds? But nowadays, actually, you can have a kind of a sequential way of telling your story. And in six seconds, if you can build, you know, almost tell your story in parts, it's really effective because you capture someone's attention and then you build that frequency of them seeing you. Wow, Re that's editing, really, really strict yeah. editing and, those, and getting and, to the truth yeah. of what your story is. And what about search, PPC and SEO? How do businesses, it's always the thing that I, I get people talking to me, how do we get yeah. at the top or at least on the first page of the Google search? So as you say, there's two ways. There's obviously SEO, which is the organic search listings, which is really about relevance. So the more relevant you are, the more popular you are as a site, it determines your positioning there. Speed. What do you mean by that when you say the more relevant? You are. So relevant are so if, if uh, closer to the thing that someone's searching okay. for, so um, ensuring that you know if someone's looking for uh, toothbrushes mm -hmm. randomly, you know how do you talk about your product? Where is it? There, how can I find it? But it is also about speed. So actually, your quality of the experience when they land on your page or your website needs to be good, and that also helps. So I again always say, think about your own, as you would if you had a shop, you would think about, and you are the expert at this, but someone coming in, how easy do you want them to be able to find what they're looking for and make it an enjoyable experience? And your site or mobile site should be the same. The PPC is a really smart way. Explain what being PPC is So for. PPC is pay-per-click advertising. Mm. So this is people, you as a business, you can purchase the opportunity to have your advert, um, which you have several lines and a description and a, a link to be able to click people out to, against certain keywords. So if people are searching for the best restaurant in 
a certain location, they will, your listing can appear against that if you have decided you would like to be against those words. And you can have phrases, they're not necessarily individual keywords. And you only pay if someone then clicks on your advert. So you're only paying on performance. So there's no wastage in that sense. Mm -hmm. You then need to track what happens to when they click, but it can drive people to a website. It can drive people into your store, depending on what action you want them to take. But that pay-per-click advertising is a great way of being able to surface your brand against the relevant searches at the top, as you say. Yeah. And, and what are the dangers, though, of getting it wrong on social media? I think there's a sense of uh, longevity, of, uh, if you do get it wrong. I think the reality is, is that it's so important to test and try and manage that. So in the same way you would any of your communication, you know, is it consistent? Is it clear? And is it honest? But actually remember that um, things can be corrected in the sense of whether you post more, you, you correct actually what's gone wrong. It depends on what's gone wrong, but it really is around... I think longevity is the thing that fears people, but I would say lean into that opportunity rather than pulling away from it. So one and a half million people search around social media marketing each year, which is over twice as much as any other area in marketing. Can you put the numbers in perspective? Like for how much resource are companies now having to put into social media? And if you're a small business, I mean... Yeah, what, I think it's more the resource that you really need. Yeah, I, I, I would probably put it more broadly as digital because I think you you know you wouldn't necessarily just resource one channel. I think your smartest thing is to remember that behaviour is that we move between channels. So in that sense, I might start with a search, but then I might jump off onto Instagram, I may go to Facebook, and then I could end up somewhere else. So the reality is, you've got to think about how do you smartly ensure you appear everywhere so i think from a resource point of view is obviously find the right talent and get the talent that you have get the right skills and there's lots of great free training available you i think it's then about making sure you have someone who can understand the data so what do you who are your consumers and what do they do then understanding the media so what are the different types of communication your formats so in a non-digital age you know it was thinking about people quite simply say you know beautiful images great stories great copy and then you'd push it out through print and other media. Well, actually, I don't think things have changed that dramatically. Still great creative, great copy, and who do you want to reach? The formats are different, you know, so mm. whether it's a video or whether it's a 140-character tweet or if it's a several lines of copy for a search ad, it's still the same. So you kind of have to have the people who can create, creatively create your content. And then it's the, it, there is a blend of art and science here. So people who like data but recognise the importance of creative there. Yeah, so what you're saying is it's actually the same codes apply. What is the creative? What is the message? What is the story? That's still there whether we're doing print advertising or we're looking at digital. It's just that you've got a lot of different places to choose where yeah. to place it. Yeah. And it's understanding where the best places are going to be. You know, we were talking earlier. Some people have, you know, just launched brands totally on something like mm. Facebook, then followed it up with print ads and had extraordinarily successful results. But knowing that the audience who looks at Facebook is the right audience for them and they've got the right video they've got the right content it's creative and it's informative when is it worth taking the risk though with new channels so i think there are so many new channels and actually that's the challenge it's you know where do i place my bet and that's why 
the data and looking for resources that will kind of give you a sense. I come back to say, you know, observe and be obsessive about consumer behavior. The more you understand your customers and ask them if you have that opportunity to, whether it's through surveys, whether it's through the people actually visit your premises, your shops, your restaurants, whatever it may be, is actually, you know, how do they find you? What do they do? Where do they appear? It is keeping an eye on the landscape of what appears to be popular. But I always wary against saying, don't just dive in. You know, you don't need to jump in and be the first at it. Is observe what's happening and what's good. Well, that's the other thing with so many businesses. They just don't put the time... They just don't have the time. No. If you're a small business, how do I keep up with yeah. the trends? How do I know what's going on? Is there any little tips that you would but also, say? Yeah, I think it's measuring it because I think that often what we see is people rush in yeah. to a... I must do Instagram, yeah. I must do Instagram. But not knowing why they want, yeah. what they want from it. Why, why are they doing what they want from it? So if it's around creating an awareness of your brand, then be really clear around what's the right way to do that and how you're going to measure it. If it's around, I really need to drive sales or I really need to drive footfall into my store, actually think about where's the behaviour that's going to drive that. It's easier than ever before to export because mm. digital makes the world smaller. Yeah. So actually you can and grow your market so much faster than you ever could have done before. Digital makes it easier to track and understand how people come to you and use you and buy you and do they continue to return buying to you. It's a bit like the old analogy of this to say is that you needed to walk the shop floor to really connect to your customer, but the, just the shop floor has got many more levels now. That's right. <laughs> but you've still just got to get out there, whatever route that takes, connect, connect, connect. So where next? We've got VR, we've got voice, we've got mm. AI. What excites you and where oh do you gosh. think the next thing's going to be? I think for, voice is hugely exciting mm. because you look at behaviour, particularly if I look at... Um, I've got nine-year-old twins and so they have, you know, they're digital natives. They've grown up and think everything should be swipeable and touchable. But now their new behaviour is that they think they should be able to talk to everything. Mm. So I think voice will become a part of the way that we communicate and connect. VR and AR, I think, is one of these amazing things that people still feel that it's far off in the future. But a little bit like how mobile phones, we couldn't live with them today, without them today... I think VR and AR will have that same pace of change. And the way I'm seeing it evolve and what I've seen, which is just fantastic, I saw a great application that IKEA had been using, actually. So age-old problem, you're trying to buy some furniture, you want to understand how it looks in your living room, will it fit, will it suit the decor? Actually, now you can hold up your screen and it's as if, which is augmented reality, you can see as if it was in your room and kind of get a sense of how does it look. I think with VR taking you to places, so AR kind of bringing it to you, whereas VR is taking you there... It's an amazing way to be able to extend your experience. You know, I always think, gosh, if I if I was a shop owner and that in the future, I'd be thinking about how can I bring people to me by giving them a sense of, of who I am, where I am, what I sell, my products that I have. VR and all those possibilities they can bring you is great. But I always think of VR and AR together. together. And I guess what that's going to mean in bricks and mortar is that the senses are going to be more yeah. important. I think experience, the service, the knowledge, all of those things that you can't get through that are going to be vital yeah. for the you, future. You can marketing. imagine yourself being in a shop and uh, so you're in the supermarket and you're presented with a whole host of brands and you're thinking about which one do I want to buy. And to your point, you know, people want to look beyond pur purpose. They want to understand, you know, mm. if it's fashion, they want to know where this was made. If it's what we're eating, we want to know what does it involve. And if you can just hold up your phone to the products that you're looking at and whether there's a video playing or there's more information that comes forward, just by holding your phone up to the products you see that will then make help you make those purchase decisions hugely powerful and i guess is the way that what will happen is, is so many of the retail spaces will become these incredible media spaces mm -hmm. that will be giving you information and all the brands will be using those spaces 
so that you can connect through AR, VR, and actually learn on the spot about that product that you're looking to buy. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Spotlight on Business podcast brought to you by NatWest with me, Mary Portis, and my thanks to this week's guest, Nishma Rob. Thank you so much. My pleasure. To discover more information on what we've discussed today, business insight, local events, and stories from businesses facing the same challenges as you, search NatWest Business Hub or go to natwestbusinesshub.com where you can also find links to watch our Spotlight sessions. I'll be back with another Spotlight on Business podcast next week when we'll be focusing on global business and exporting. Until then, from me, Mary Portas, it's goodbye. <laughs>